Let's all go to the Shelvies. And congratulate ourselves. Okay. Congratulate ourselves. Congratulate ourselves. We are so fucking cool. We did it another year. We I don't did. even know what annual this is. I don't know where we're at. Yeah, it's when did we? St- I can't remember when we started doing the Shelby's because we didn't do it the first yeah, couple we, of years. Yeah, we. It's yeah, it's it's a relatively the first. I could probably figure it out actually. Yeah, I would love to know how many times I've done this thing over and over and over again. We did not at get least in. since 2018. For those of you who <laughs> who loved our bit where we. Uh, uh, Looked at Cameo and tried to figure out which celebrities we could afford. Now we get to look at Google Docs to figure out when the Shelvies began. Yeah, that's right. We did not uh, solicit any celebs on Cameo. Uh, maybe next year. Here. 2013 it was the first year. Okay, so this so is the 10th in. time. Wow. Do you know what your first platinum shelf was, Dalton? Oh, God. Do I want to know? That's a good one. I mean, oh, what was I'm it? good with it. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Okay, sure. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you did you Into know the Wild. Arthur. I did Into the Wild. Okay. Yeah. And then you had Maniac, Dustin. Shocking no one, really. No. Now, do do you know what your first Hebrew hammer was, Dalton? (sighs) No. Teen Wolf. Really? Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and you know what? Fuck Teen Wolf. Mm. I stand by that. (laughs) Oh, and you hated... Oh. I hate John Dies at the End. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. We should all watch these movies 10 years later and see where we're at. Yeah. I hated Bad Boys too, and I stand by it. I don't know that I would necessarily (laughs) put Cabin in the Woods on the platinum shelf again. I have to look back at that year. But yeah. Okay, so let's just throw this out because do you know what your favorite discovery was of 2013? No. No, no idea. A little movie called Pontypool. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I stand by that. Yeah, that was I mean, of as long as we've been doing this show and as many movies as I've discovered or seen for the first time because of the show, Pontypool like is still remains up there as one of the most exciting. I continue to think about that movie, too. Yeah. Pontypool. Yeah. Yeah. It's in it's ingrained in my head in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like classics and like blind spots like um, Passion of Joan of Arc or. Mm-hmm. You know, especially last year we did French movies for anti-trash, um, or I guess the beginning of this year, rather. Yeah. Um, there's there's definitely, like, stuff that's made my top 100, but yeah, Pontypool, just like, oof. And, I, and, I, and that's a movie I herald still. Like, mm-hmm. I really tell people to go check that out. What was Dustin's favorite discovery for 2013? Um, I don't believe I stand by it. I remember seeing it in... Lockout. Lockout. Yeah. Wow. I really liked that. Which was that. my favorite. That well, was my best worst movie that year. Okay. Was yeah. Lockout. I, I really had a good time with Compliance it. Compliance but... was my favorite discovery. Wow. Gosh. I loved Compliance. Oof, buddy. Oh. It was a good, it's a good movie. Oh, it was a good movie. buddy. God, I forgot. I'm just going to I'm gonna go two-hand that with the Nightingale and have yeah. a good night. I was just about to say, <laughs> it's been... Those are like the two like most challenging in terms of like you know depictions of troubling stuff that we've mm-hmm. done probably right yeah Are there any like yeah it's definitely the nightingale compliance like nothing good comes close no in terms of like really i think after we were stuff. like compliance one time we're like we've never been able to be like i mean the nightingale is like the first time we're like that's probably a one night like yeah. improper like yeah good too hard to watch i guess we'll have to do come and see at some point or something okay yeah really next next time we're ready to like really steal ourselves for something hard <laughs> hey why are we here hey this is the shelvies bow, bow, bow. Hey, hey, hey we already did one musical number it's time for another that's right yeah, that's right i gotta hold on i gotta run backstage and <laughs> come out costumes. with another costume Seth McFarlane, we saw your boobs is yeah doing now? yeah man no. wow that what a time what a time i cannot believe they thought that was going to be a good idea man they had meetings they had meetings <laughs> and they did it anyway. <laughs> wrote that song <laughs> crazy i uh, have actually been a fan of the hostless oscars yeah it's pretty I'm good fine with that i yeah. like maybe a couple people to do some little bits but just get the show going man yeah kim like, will be fine this year i, I mean, think he's safe yeah he's the, uh, the choice right? hand, hand on the wheel He's the Billy Crystal, right? I mean, he's like mm-hmm. a modern Billy Crystal in that yeah. way. He's not as strong, but like reliable. Yeah. Yeah. You just need somebody um, to get the show going. And So yeah, this is our Oscars, but no, we're not here to reward the movies of 2023 because we live in Oklahoma and we need till the end of January to watch all the 2023 movies. Because they're not coming here till then. Yeah. And uh, we don't do this full time, so we did not get to go to Telluride and TIFF and yeah. the other places. Unfortunately. have seen all these. Unfortunately, maybe someday. Hey, Patreon. <laughs> hey, Patreon. <laughs> send, yeah. Send us a Telluride. Send us- <laughs> I hey, take Sundance. 
Yeah, okay. You take Sundance. I'll take Telluride. What do you want? Oh, I want a Sundance. He um, wants can. I, I'll, I'll, well, I want can, yeah. Or I'll do Toronto. <laughs> You'll do Tretef? Okay. Yeah. I want to get yeah. your passport, baby. I, I want to go up into the mountains. I yeah. hear. No, that's the one that the paparazzi doesn't There's come New to. There's New York Film Festival, too. That's true. Tribeca. Tribeca. Tribeca's good, yeah. Some big ones. I, South I, I, by Southwest is attainable for us. Sure. It is attainable. But then yeah. we'd have to Fright Fest and Aware. That'd be fun. Mm, that's usually that's in, Canadian, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I'm asking. I'm, I don't think so. But I, I could be wrong. Who's on first? Um, third base. I'm still mm. Arthur. I'm still Dustin. I'm still Dalton. And we're here to talk about what we did this year. Uh, so we're going to run through um, various nominations of categories. In case you are keeping track in your bingo cards at home, the categories are Favorite Discovery, which is the movie we've never seen that we followed in love with the next one is once more with feeling a movie we have seen and we fell back in love or in hate with it best show which is the episode that we thought was really good uh hebrew hammer a film that we are really really sad that we watched uh best worst movie it's a bad movie but we're really happy we watched it the hall of violence the movie or scene in which we saw uh, the most violence and we thought oh that's 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 how you use violence in a picture. It sticks yeah. with me. Um, favorite marathon, a, a set of movies that we did as marathons. And we did a ton of marathons this year. And our favorite one of those. And finally, the Platinum Shelf, the best movie that we did all year long that we we just think this movie goes on the super shelf. The movie that's so good, we could have done it in anti-trash. And do keep in mind, anti-trash is yes. ineligible for the Platinum Shelf Correct. by design, by definition. Yes. Uh, they're all already shelfable, etc. So moving on into the thing that we do, what is your favorite discovery of 2023? Dalton, go. I didn't even have to think about this one. Strop Dead Gorgeous. Number one with the bullet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so funny, dude. The movie is funny. It rocks. It's so good. It's much like uh, But I'm a Cheerleader last year. It's just like one of those movies I was like, I can't believe I've gone my entire adult life without seeing this film. Like, how did I not see this as a teen? Uh, this this feels like it, it it's been sitting here waiting for me uh, for for decades. Yeah, love that movie. Love everybody in it. Really great performances. Really funny uh, and insightful satire about Middle America and sort of uh, uh, ir- irreligious religious people. Something yes. like that. Yeah, good movie. Irresponsible. Irresponsible. Let's say. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the cognitive dissonance that mm-hmm. exists in American Christianity. Yeah, mm-hmm. a really insightful look at that. And an insightful look, you know, we did Barbie last week. Uh, an equally, I would say, good movie, if not a uh, more successful movie. It's sort of looking at, you know, gender roles in America and kind of upending and subverting those ideas. Love that movie. Very good, very good. What was your favorite discovery, Arthur? You dropped it gorgeous. I mean, just like Dalton, it was it, probably the easiest pick on this list for me was that movie. I mean, it was when I, I mean, I don't do it often, but I, I watched it twice in the week that we recorded, right? I was just so into it. Thought it's, I mean, I think it's genius on so many levels. Um, I, I love the mockumentary style already. Um, it's got great comedy, but then it also couples that with some very sharp satire, as Dalton mentioned. And so that kind of combination together just really cooks for me. Uh, so that was an easy pick here for the favorite discovery. Uh, when we were watching Theater Camp, I was thinking a lot about Job Dead Gorgeous. And mm-hmm. so uh, Theater Camp from 2023 is one I think worth catching up with. Dalton, have you caught up with that one yet? No, I haven't really been putting on your list. Okay, yeah. funny. I think okay. you'll dig it. Um, okay. I don't think, I don't know if this, sh- maybe, I mean, you got, you've got that kind of drama kid background, so it may hit some things for you that maybe not necessarily for us, but uh, I think it's very sharp, but okay. yeah, drop dead gorgeous, man, just an absolute ball of a time. Well, my favorite um, discovery was let the right one in. Um, okay. I hadn't seen it. It's a vampire movie. You guys know, I love vampire movies and I fell in the hole guys. Um, I read the book. I watched the American remake. I, man, I just, you I got the I, tattoo. I, I, yeah. Did you start the TV show? I, I, <laughs> There's a TV show. 2021. Yeah, we talked about it. Damien Brashear. On Showtime, I think. Yeah, oh, no, I haven't seen that Maybe part Maybe Paramount, I wonder. Yeah, it should be. Ooh, I didn't even look for it. It only so, lasted a season. Yeah, that's it's too there bad. for you. Yeah, I, I mean, just fascinating sort of new take on vampires. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it really just blew my blew my hair back. And so, yeah, really, really liked that and had a good time with it and continue to think about it. I do like Drop Dead Gorgeous quite a bit, and it may come up later. But, yes, indeed, um, it was very, very good for me. So moving on to our next category, which is Once More with Feeling. It's an old-time favorite, and you're like, oh, this is garbage, or oh, this is a treasure. What was Once More with Feeling for you, Dalton? This was kind of a tough one. I looked through the list and I was like, I didn't really have anything that jumped out at me. But the one that I was like, you know what? It's got to be that. 
and it's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, a movie that I was like pretty out on in theaters. And like, even, even, even at the time I was just like, you know, I was 19, I think when that mm-hmm. movie came out and somewhere in there young enough still that I should have been an easy sell on it. Mm-hmm. And I came out here like, that's, that's not what an Indiana Jones movie is like. Uh, and maybe it's because I haven't watched an Indiana Jones movie other than Raiders of the Lost Ark in uh, probably over 10 years at this point. Um, that's yeah. Raiders is the only one I've seen recently. Um, so when we watched Crystal Skull for, you know, um, in prep for Dial of Destiny coming out uh, earlier this summer, I had a perfectly lovely time. I was like, this is what we were all so mad about 15 years ago. It's whatever, dude. Like, mm-hmm. get over it. It's it's fine. It is a perfectly adequate adventure film. Um it's probably stronger than Dial of Destiny. They're both kind of like, I would call them like peers with one another. I think they're both messy. They both don't totally come together. Uh, but they're both like pretty good love letters to like Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones as a character. Um, I think Dial of Destiny does a better job of being like, this is the last one, we promise. Um, whereas this one kind of is like, I don't know, maybe we'll do five more. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. We're printing money over here, folks. Um, <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No, absolutely not. Well, that's what happens when you uh, take $300 million to make a movie. Oof. The stakes are simply too high. Um, but yeah, smaller stakes, crystal skull. It, or just put it on Netflix where money doesn't matter. Yeah. You can spend as much money as you want over at Netflix. Well, I guess it's not true. They had that one movie that they like fully canceled despite like being a huge budget. Man, they wouldn't give Marty his money. No, mm. no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. But yeah, I, I, you know, just a, a movie that I like really had beef with when it first came out because I, I don't know, I guess I was supposed to care uh, about what Indiana Jones movies were good uh, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. But now I'm totally fine with it. What about you, Art? What any anything that you uh, decided you hate now or? Yeah, know? so mine went negative. Uh, yeah. This is a movie I remember really enjoying when I was younger, a teen. Uh, really hit me at the right moment, um, and really kind of in the time since last visiting it, um, I had sort of in my head built this idea that it was actually very strong, very solid film, uh, doing all the right things, and I'd heard kind of criticism uh, to support that. So I really had a fond. Uh, thought uh, walking back down eight mile into Detroit um, oh, and yeah. man what a movie what a movie uh, yeah, that boy. really only exists for that last 20 minute uh, rap battle sequence which still cooks I mean just smokes right mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's a very good time and it's fun to see young Michael Shannon and young Anthony Mackie and all of those people popping up but man uh, just a big whiff uh, real real hard um, despite some I think positive elements to it just as a full film definitely did not live up to the in my head credible serious solid drama i'd kind of placed it on the mantle as mm-hmm. and so uh, that's where i came back with the once more feeling was eight mile and just like oof definitely pop that bubble mm-hmm. should not have revisited it and let it just be a a figment of my memory i uh, yeah i I'll, It'll come up again in a second. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, was that? Oh, hold on. Was that Marshall? <laughs> Did we just get? A, I just wrote a song about it. Shit. <laughs> that was quick. Man, he's There's got a diss us. track coming. <laughs> uh, for me, it was a movie that I watched a bunch in college, and then maybe the first couple years out of college, I watched it a few times. I had it on my shelf, but I hadn't really come back to it. And we did it for the show, and it's Pretty Woman. Um, I just I forgot how stinking charming that movie is. I mean, it really is a good time. Is it problematic in certain ways? Yeah. Yes, it is, and we talked about that on the show. But doggone it, if that Julia Roberts doesn't have charisma, I think that kid's going someplace. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a very very good time. It was a fun little fairy tale. And uh, man, I just I, I forgot how much affection I have for that movie, and I continue to. Yeah, Julia, the fucking Riz master. Man, she is great. So yeah, love that very very much. But guys, I have another question. Yes. What was the best show we had this year? What do you think, Dalton? Number five hundred, John Wick one, two, and three. <laughs> We went what a milestone. God, man. Unbelievable. I think we went almost two hours on the first three John Wick films uh, doing a a really in-depth dive into what those films are actually about uh, and and trying to like appreciate and elevate what is going on in our maybe our finest action franchise, in my opinion. And uh, I definitely I kind of wish we had gotten to uh, do that episode after uh, we had all seen John Wick four in some ways as I was re-listening to it. And I really did have a great time uh, kind of giving it, giving it a, a once over, just kind of checking out what we had to say. Uh, but there were definitely parts where it's like, Ooh, 
oh, we, we were so close or we, we almost knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, so it would have been fun if we, we'd gotten to see the fourth one and include that in our discussion. But for my money, celebrating episode 500, talking about just, just being excited, just, you know, three movies that we're all very much in on. And again, I think a, a franchise of films that has successfully done what we do, which is a, a sort of schlocky action franchise that has attracted academic discourse to itself. Uh, so I really, you know, laud the John Wick movies because they they are sort of a, a torchbearer of what we do at Good Trash Media, Good Trash Honor Cast is, you know, try to bring that analysis to to the schlock, to the genre fair. And um, that was one of the fun things listening about that was us kind of getting to lay out the ways in which like the John Wick franchise is already sort of infiltrating academia and mm-hmm. and film analysis and is like becoming a franchise that gets talked about and gets studied. So that, that, that was really cool to kind of like help be part of that conversation of elevating those films that, uh, you know, are, are very easy to dismiss as exercises in style and choreography uh, and get to kind of talk about the the classical references that go on throughout those movies, the art references that go on throughout those movies. Yeah. I just thought we, I thought we were really on top of our game on that one. Very good. Very good. Hey, Arthur, what was a good show we did? Um, a little bit of a cop out, but I'm going to point to our summer of lists. Uh, I, I really enjoyed doing our top 10, uh, directors, TV shows, uh, actors, and our 90s syllabi. Um, and I think that's a really fun entry point. Like if you're trying to, you know, you're listening to this, you haven't really listened to a lot of episodes. I think that's a really fun place to kind of go in and find out our tastes, what we're into, the kind of things where we like and are, uh, have kind of shaped our tastes and, and who we are. Uh, I, and I was telling sales about this. There's a YouTube channel I got into, uh, primarily through their top 10 list. That mm. was kind of the first thing I got into, uh, with their channel. And from there, I went and started finding the other content from them. Um, but I already kind of built up that familiarity and I think that's what a really good, we've talked a lot about the value of lists, mm-hmm. but I think from a programming standpoint, one of the benefits of those is just a place to really get to get to know the people behind the mics and kind of who they are and what they're about. And so like we've kind of always used this category as a guiding, guiding star to say, Hey, where should you start? I think this is a good place. And so I'd point to the summer of lists because I think they were all a lot of fun. Uh, they're kind of a nice reprieve from the constant analysis and that, you know, over the last couple of years has been an interesting way to kind of spend the summer. And so uh, that's what I'm going to point to is those, those four top tens that we did. Okay. Okay. Uh, My favorite show, I think would probably have to be blood simple guys. I Mm. really think we were just really crushing our discussion uh, more than anything there. And so, uh, and then that is just an incredible movie. It's just a very, very, very good movie to start with as well. And uh, almost was my favorite discovery. I mean, it's a movie I keep thinking about quite a bit anyhow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You hadn't seen it. I had not. And uh, just the noirishness of it and the contemporary sort of uh, rural noir of it uh, is really good. And so we did a lot of good genre analysis. We did a lot of good gender analysis. We did a lot of good violence analysis uh, with all of that. And so I I think our conversation was particularly good there at the end of Anti-Trash for that so that is my pick for best show moving on to the hebrew hammer this is um in relationship to that particular film which was the first uh, years of film that we did that we just all absolutely trash we hated that movie so much and so we we've named a awards category after that movie that was so bad so with that um where do you drop the hebrew hammer dalton that's right one film to say shabbat shalom motherfucker (laughs) too uh you know we had a pretty strong year programming wise there weren't a lot of duds and i came close to giving it to eight mile uh because as arthur said that movie really is kind of a stinker but those last 20 minutes like they just they're good they're just enough (laughs) it's just enough to like make me warrant all right well that was fun yeah the the direction really picks up in the the last you know third of the movie we really get to see uh mr mathers shine and do what he's good at um so yeah i i I couldn't quite go all the way on that one but for me it it has to be, unfortunately, Gran Turismo based oh. on a true story. <laughs> I uh, look, I, I gotta, I gotta go with my gut, and I gotta say, fuck commercial movies. As as much as I like, just last week gave Barbie a pat on the back for you know bringing good and interesting, or at the very least, his hypocrisy knows no bounds. Yeah, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. Look, all it takes is uh, apparently giving me a passable. If there white was a Ryan fable, Gosling music number in Gran Turismo as Gran Turismo exists now, would you give it a pass? 
I would be more likely to do so. <laughs> if if Ryan Reynolds had been in Gran Turismo, not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling would have been in Gran Turismo. That would be enough. Yeah, I'm already That's like much more on board. Bring in Margot Robbie too. What is she going to do? No idea. Drive a car. Cool. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Run Nissan. I don't know. Anything. Mogul. Uh, um, yeah. So. Yeah, I just, it's not even that bad of a movie. It's just, as Dustin said, it's propaganda. Like, at least Barbie's trying, is self-effacing and is kind of embarrassed about being a commercial. At least, you know, it has the decency to hide behind having a good social message. All we learn about ourselves and uh, Archie Mattaquay's character, um, Jan Martinborough. There we go. What a name. Uh, Martinborough. I always have a hard time with that. All we learn is like, I don't know, believe in yourself as hard as you possibly can and you'll succeed, which is one of the worst messages you can put in a movie, in my opinion. <laughs> like, don't no, Don't tell people that. That's stupid. Uh, what a picture. Uh, Dustin. Or no, I'm sorry. Arthur, what uh, what for you is just got to go? What is beyond reproach? Uh, or is, sorry, is reproachable all the way to the to hell? Yeah, I, I think for me, the one I keep going back to is Willow, uh, which I just actively dislike and despise. <laughs> Good. Um, I just don't get it. Uh, it's kind of like Tron levels of bad. Like, how did people go for this kind of a thing? Mm -hmm. uh, just not on its wavelength at all. Uh, don't see the value in it. Don't see the merit of it. Um, other than Warwick Davies being cool. Yeah. Like, you know, outside of that, I'm not sure. Um, there is much there. And so, uh, unfortunately I'm going to drop the Hebrew hammer on that little, that little willow, you know, I, uh, it's a weeping willow now. <laughs> Speaking of fantasy movies, there was a beat where I thought about giving it to the last unicorn. And then I was like, wait a second. What about the horny tree? <laughs> exactly. What about what about all the cool weird little guys? So mm -hmm. yeah, it did uh, saved it exactly. Last yeah. unicorn saved itself with weird little guys. Yeah. Dustin, what about you? Anything uh, that just like made Egregious. you mad? Well, I, I think overall it's been a good year. Yeah. I mean, we really have made good selections overall. I guess and we so, have to get some more stinkers in rotation next and year. And so what I opted for for my Hebrew hammer was the movie that disappointed me the most. Okay, that I thought was going to be great, and then. In watching, I was like, oh, man, it's just, it, it, it bored me a little. And yep. that's A Woman, A Gun, and A Noodle Shop. Mm, uh, yeah. I, I really, yeah. really wanted to like that movie a lot more. And there's a lot to like about the movie. But it is just so by the numbers. And uh, just it really just let me down. It, it had really the potential, and it wasted it. And uh, that's what I'm going to, so I'm going to very gently hammer a woman a gun and the noodle shop it's like a little tap a little with the tap hammer. it's like you just yeah yeah you really you know did not bring your a game buddy and you should have done better uh, well before we continue into our next kind of grouping of awards dalton you've been doing a little uh a little programming yourself what uh, with a little live show with you and our, our good friend alex sanchez um as we're entering the new year this is dropping right around new year's eve uh, as we go into January, things keeping going. We we looking good um, every Thursday night. Still, we're about to reevaluate. Actually, so okay. as you're hearing this, you should definitely come out because we will be doing it on January fourth, okay. uh, Thursday at seven, Rodeo Cinema on Film Row on Sheridan, okay, uh, here in Oklahoma City. We are still doing Down in Front, which is a movie interruption show where Alex and I screen a public domain film and we talk during it. Sometimes that's jokes. Sometimes that's just really getting excited about weird choices and actors making. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, notes on the filmmaking, notes on that era of film. Sometimes it is just, you know, sort of some live academic commentary. But also we're just we're ha we're spoofing and goofing having a larf. So uh, it's it's a little bit of everything. It isn't just, you know, your typical mystery science theater 3000 thing where we're, we're riffing on the movie. We're definitely doing a little bit of that. Sure. Uh, but we're, we're trying to do, you know, that. And a little some, substance. Yeah, a little, a little, just a little, just a little bit. Just you're trying uh, to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, we're kind of, and also like I, I don't know when we did Kept Husbands, I kind of did a <laughs> turn to everyone and went just to picture it. It's 1931. You're at a matinee of this movie, and this caricature of a rich lady comes on screen. Tell me you're not losing your mind. <laughs> just stuff like that. Just trying to like really have fun with our audience, engage with them, and. Um, you know, kind of ask ask them to do thought experiments about like what it must have been like to see the movie on opening night back mm -hmm. in the day. Um, so stuff like that. Uh, I do not know what we are showing yet on January fourth. So 
You'll, but you'll be there. I'll be there. Okay. Uh, so Alex and I will be there talking about a movie. And then on the 11th, we are preempted by another event. And since we are going to have to cancel that one at that point, we are going to recheck with Rodeo and see if we, we if the show's viable and if we can keep doing it. So, yeah. so come out on the 4th. Yeah, come out on the 4th. Check out Alex's and I's show. Make if, it viable. If you're listening to this after the 4th, uh, go find me at Dollywood Squares on Instagram. I'm probably posting about whether or not we're You've still doing this. you got the cutest little logo. I don't know who made it, but the yeah. little Bob's Burger kind of yeah. anime our friend harper uh who has uh made some some pretty cool games under the moniker giant pearl uh go find art liquor on itch it's it's fun um that's a, a good lot one. of words in that sentence yeah <laughs> um but yeah Har- harper's great a really cool artist uh just a fun good friend uh helped us out with with that art and uh, very very proud of that uh, hopefully, uh, if we are extended, I am now spending too much money on printing up flyers and posters to paper the town with. Nice. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Arthur, for, mm-hmm. for giving us a chance to take a little break from awards to give the folks a little commercial. Bow, bow, bow. We move on to our next category, which is the best worst movie. It's bad. You know it. You don't care. You still love it. And uh, what is your selection for that? I go to you first, Dalton. My selection is the 2001 classic. The one. The one. Oh, oh wow. yeah. 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 Let the bodies. Yeah. It just, yeah. It never stopped being the early 2000s and Jet Li's The One. <laughs> a very dumb, <laughs> a very dumb movie that is a lot of fun. And you just get to watch Jet Li do two different kinds of kung fu at himself. It, yeah. Just absolute vape core of a movie. <laughs> just truly. I, I think it was Eric King that came up with vape cinema. Yeah. Uh, I love to yeah. give him credit for mm-hmm. that because it, it just makes me laugh every so time funny. I think about it. Yeah, an absolute like key entry in the canon of vape cinema. Uh, just a, a really egregiously stupid early 2000s movie that, you know, features some fun fight scenes and kind of, a you know, doing the multiverse before really that was like as a, a common, uh, you know, facet of yeah. exploration in movies. Now every fifth grader knows what a multiverse is. Absolutely. Not in 2001 you did. Not in 2001. Nope. This fifth grader did, though, because I was watching Jet Li's The One <laughs> from Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right after training day. That's right. Um, yeah. I, 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 this was a movie I was excited to revisit and uh, it did not, uh, did not disappoint. I was very happy revisiting this, this silly film. Very good. Very good. You remember that part where he hits a guy with a motorcycle? <laughs> Crazy. Classic. Crazy. It's so fun. I love that you picked that. That's so much, that makes me yeah. so happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had such a blast rewatching that movie. Are you kidding me? Uh, what a, what a treat! Excellent. What is your uh, best worst movie, Arthur? Well, my best worst movie is a movie we watched immediately following the one, and that is Jackie Chan in The Foreigner, which yeah. is a movie I just absolutely adore. I've seen it three or four times now, and I just think it is such a good time and i kind of have a hard time calling it like a bad movie i think it's a very solid filmmaking yeah i think martin campbell does a great job with it uh pierce brosnan's a lot of fun jackie chan's getting to do some really cool interesting things in that one real pathos yeah yeah, yeah. but and in the wake of sort of the taken john wick revenge movie i think it kind of stands apart in some in some good ways and so also kind of like setting it against the irish troubles stuff mm-hmm. like that's still kind yeah. of like a big fascinating thing for me as and, well and maybe that's what makes it kind of a, a best worst movie is it's like a little too self-serious for its own good yeah. by bringing in the troubles yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's still kind of like well this is kind of a fun well, it's very reminiscent of some 90s stuff i yeah. watched uh the devil's own recently and and uh patriot Ga- is it patriot pa- no patriot uh, yeah what's the one that's about the troubles that's patriot the games, patriot games? Mm-hmm. you know both of those kind of 90s movies dealing with this and it kind of feels of that era in a lot of ways and sure. so there's something about that i really appreciate and so I, I really dig the foreigner and that's one i think i'll go back to again and again you know what it's also kind of like is i think that was this year we watched the peacemaker right with clooney no that, that was, was last year okay yeah a while back. years ago yeah oh has it been that long already anyway i, find out I just year. think the peacemaker is kind of in line with that too right this sort of like self-serious action thriller mm-hmm. uh yeah it does feel like a movie from a different era for for good honestly yeah I, i'm great pick arthur i like i like that one very cool very cool well, all right well what is your um it's you 
It's me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, what's, what's yours? You were scanning through things, and sorry, I wanted to I was see what was to happening. Out. My yeah. best worst movie is because of nostalgia goggles, mm. solely, completely. And mm. uh, sadly, the Hebrew Hammer has yeah, dropped already it. on Willow, and I don't care. Um, I still have a good time. I like a big, dumb, silly fantasy Dungeons and Dragons sort of experiment of a movie, and that is what Willow is. And yes, it is a mess. Yes, it doesn't make any bloody sense, but I'm having a great time. And so, yes, for me, Willow is worth. I would definitely say I, I I recognize it is flawed, but you know what? I'm having a good time, and that is all it counts for me. So that is uh, what wins for that category. Moving on to our Hall of Violence. What is a particular instance or film full of violence that you want to name for the Hall of Violence uh, in the spirit of all things good trash, Dalton? What is your selection? You know, I, I went back and forth on this one because there there are some really good options this year. Um, I, I, I especially gave consideration to um, uh, our big, beautiful, swollen friend uh, in Train to Busan picking up a zombie. Uh, <laughs> couldn't think of that actor's name, but taking off that pea coat and revealing just how mm. yoked he is. Chef's kiss, yeah. Picking up mm-hmm. that zombie and just Going to holding work. back yeah. an entire horde of zombies with another zombie. But I, I had to go for the more serious pick, and I am going to go with Jeremy Sonier's Blue Ruin. Maybe, mm. maybe one of my favorite users yeah. of movie violence, Jeremy Sonier, uh, and a film that I think just like is stark and gross. And if, if I had to point to one scene uh, to go with, I would go with "That's What Guns Do." Sort of that entire confrontation and interrogation because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of an interesting exploration of like a, some some emotional violence followed by some very grisly physical violence. Um, but yeah, that whole movie is just like an interesting exploration of revenge and violence, both in our you know mostly as a a film conceit, but also just sort of tries to situate itself within the real world and and be about real human concerns. So I get yeah, I love the the makeup effects of that movie are so gross uh and and again there's it's something very interesting happens when you take a particularly good gore prosthesis out of a horror movie shoot a little different change the score a little bit kind of ground the thing a little bit more in the real world it's it's interesting how much different your reaction to mm-hmm. a horror prosthetic can be with just a few filmmaking choices uh, and I, I think that this is a great example of that. It's it gives you the satisfaction of like, isn't that a cool practical effect while also making you, oh, God, oh, why do I like this stuff? Uh, which, what's wrong? What's with wrong me? with me? Why am I so cooked in the head? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that is yeah, for me. That's what I look for in a, a hall of violence winners. Something that is, uh, you know, really doing something interesting with the movie violence. Very good. Very good. What goes in the hall of violence for you, Arthur? Uh, for me, I'm specifically looking back at our 500, and I'm specifically looking at John Wick 3. Yeah. Um, all those John Wick movies have a lot of great violent set pieces in them, uh, but John Wick 3 has always just stood out to me in that franchise. Uh, the horse stuff is so good. Uh, the knife fight in that like museum of knives thing is really cool. The library fight with the basketball player is really cool. Um, and then the dog stuff and giving Halle Berry a platform to kind of shine in this big action set piece, all of that just really makes me happy. And so, um, with all of that combined, uh, that is a movie I think about often in, in regards to movie fights and action set pieces. And I think John wick three is just very, very high up there in the, in the world of action movies and, and set pieces in that way. And so, um, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, my pick for Hall of Violence is a movie that doesn't have hardly any violence at all until it does. And when it does, it really, really does. Um, there is some surgery not done by doctors, and then there is a form of execution that is terrible. It is speak no evil. It is, man, that horrific... I, first, I thought you were going for uh, a simple plan. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when it goes violent, it goes crazy. But yeah, it, then I realized what you were picking and got even more excited. Yeah, because, <laughs> man, that gosh, guys, uh, uh-huh. harrowing, harrowing and memorable. And it, it has the same thing that you're talking about with Blue Ruin. It's sort of very real world situated uh, horror movie gore kind of prostheses and then used uh, for terrible, terrible effect. And so, yeah, I enjoy, um, enjoy, appreciate um, I'm scarred by <laughs> Speak No Evil. And forever changed by. Yeah, forever yeah. <laughs> changed by uh, that particular instance of violence. And so Speak No Evil is my selection for that. Moving on, 
What was your favorite marathon of the year, Dalton? This was so easy. It's got to be a series of coincidences. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a treat. Uh, and again, like what a good slate of movies. I know, Dustin, you ultimately uh, Hebrew hammered a girl again in a noodle shop for disappointment. Yeah. But yeah, even that even that one, I'm just like fun. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, simple plan. Noodle shop. Uh, Blow the Man Down, which I'd been wanting to catch up with. Blue Ruin. Um, am I missing one? Did we do five? Um, or was it four? Uh, I think there was a five. fifth one. There was a fifth Throw one. Throw Mama from the Train. Throw Mama from the Train. That's right. Oh Dustin's my gosh. pick. I love that And movie. that was a fun discovery for me. So yeah, I, it's got to be that marathon. I was disappointed that it wasn't a discovery for anybody. Yeah. You know, it definitely merited consideration because mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that. And again, like a I movie I learned only... with it with my uh, um, once more with well, feeling. Yeah. yeah. I, for me, that's it's a movie that I was only ever told is really bad and not worth catching up with. So I, I really enjoyed it. So definitely merited. Consider- but the whole marathon was just so fun, really fun to kind of think about the the footprint and impact of filmmakers that I think are kind of decidedly. You know, filmmakers of our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I know, um, you know, the the Coens kind of get really cooking with gas a couple of years before I'm born. But I think we are, you know, we're, we've got a spread of about 10 years between the three of us. But I think we definitely grew up in the reign of the mm-hmm. Coen brothers yeah. to kind of get to look at their their impact on American cinema and international cinema uh, was really fun. Uh, and, and again, like when you're playing with Cohen-esque plots, you're getting to play with plots that are, you know, adjacent to noir, uh, which is always, you know, that right there is always a good time. You're going to get some sleaze, going to get some some movies that make you go, well, what would you do? Which is always a fun game to get to play. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be coincidences for me. I had such a great time with every movie we we did. And I think I mostly turned in we turned in really good episodes. You know, mm-hmm. we, we met each movie on its own terms and tried to you know, appreciate it for what it was, but also, you know, connected it to the Cohen's filmography and, and try to look at how it reflects those, those influences and those touches. Yeah. Very good. Very good. What was your favorite marathon there, Arthur? Yeah. Series of coincidences, uh, from just kind of a, a backstage viewpoint. That was, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time to try to kind of get that to formalize in a way that we could make it happen. Um, so it's an idea that's been cooking for a long time for me. Um, and to finally be able to execute that and then to get to expose you all to blow the man down, which I think is just man, the kind of slept good. on movie, obviously, with COVID. Um, so if, if nothing else, being able to give a platform to that movie to get people to think, see it, seek it out, find it and watch it uh, was it was great. But then to get to kind of be like, you guys really like Blue Ruin. Saulnier is really in the spot and it'll slot in nicely try to do something international that slots in as well. And then obviously talking about a simple plan, which I think is just a, a great movie as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so for me, it all just kind of came together uh, in a great way and the timing was right. And to be able to, to do it was uh, very exciting and I'm glad it kind of came off so well um, and was executed as well. And so I think, yeah, we had some really good episodes in there and just some really good movies. Excellent bit of programming on your part, Art. Guys. Do we have My, consensus? <laughs> we have a consensus, man. A series of coincidences. Um, despite a woman again in a noodle shop letting me down because my... Four my, out of five ain't bad. My favorite discovery was A Simple Plan, and that is sure. the remake. And so, because it was so, again... Or Blood Simple. Yeah, or Blood Simple, sorry. Um, because it was so much that all over again, mm-hmm. it just... It, it, it let me down, but that's not to say that it wasn't a, a great movie and a great selection. Uh, within, It'd be interesting to see it without having seen yeah, Blood Simple. Yeah, I mean, if I had seen it first, it might have been a different yeah. story altogether. Mm-hmm. And I might have felt very different about Blood Simple. I don't even know. Mm. Um, I don't think so. I think I think that movie's just pretty incredible. But yeah, the Coens just do what the Coens do, guys. And uh, yeah, what a great, great little marathon there. So well done, Art. We're all very proud of you, and you're proud of yourself, I've clearly. Just, now I've got to up the game, I guess. Yeah, that's it. You've, you've, yeah, you've, you've set yourself a standard. I really did really like the uh, 2018, the five years later uh, as well. Um, that was a fun one. Because it was it was so much a potpourri show, but it was unified uh, through an interesting through line because all all four of those movies were very, very different from one another. So it yeah. was very much in contention as well for me. I'm going to start working on my PWS I Love You Marathon, which is where we tackle the works of Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, my god, That's gosh. very funny. <sighs> 
boy. All right. You well, know, one of my favorite 30 Rock jokes is a cutaway gag to Liz Lemon watching P.S. I Love You and she's crying. She goes, it's so sad. No one should have to be married to Gerard Butler. I've, yeah, I've heard that bit. Oh, that's good. Um, while we're on this note of just completely non sequitur. Uh, you're familiar with Remember Remember Me, right? Oh, yeah. yeah he sure. just found out about it. I told him oh. the, the plot twist of Remember Me. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. Uh, what a treat for you to discover. Man, yeah. I need we to watch that the on movie. the show. We do. Yeah, have I need to. to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe we do. Holy shit. You know what we should do? Our Pat's month, Case Do Month, back to back. Just saying. Hey, I. I've got a Case Do Marathon in the pocket. So I'm just. We, yeah, we pair it with an Our Pat's yeah. Marathon. That sounds like a good time. All right. Well, I drum roll, friends. Uh, this is the thing that we all came for. What was the best movie that we watched right. all year long? A, what goes a, on the platinum shelf? A uh, gender nonconforming person with a briefcase, briefcase handcuffed to their wrist has now entered the room. They're opening the briefcase. They're handing out envelopes. It is time for the big moment. It's La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 So, what goes on the platinum shelf there, Dalton? I hate to get, take the easy way out. I really do. Are you going to take the easy way I'm out? I'm going to take the fucking easy way out, but it's a movie that's on my top 100. You know, I think it would be intellectually e- dishonest e- e- for o. me to... That it is E-E-A-A-O. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The movie's good. It's a great film. You know... I, I was wondering. We, yeah. we discussed May, December today uh, for a garbage shoot. It's been a busy day. Uh, but I, I, Kirsten, on that uh, garbage shoot episode, talked about May, December being like a movie that really hit them where they lived, uh, really connected with them, and it was just like a movie that was like easily immediately one of my favorite of the year and a movie I could see becoming among my very favorite films. And as soon as Kirsten got done explaining it, I was like, yeah, I know 100% how you feel because that's how I felt about everything everywhere all at once last year. Sometimes you watch a movie and you you think I've been waiting my whole life for this film. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know that I, I needed this film, but apparently I did. Uh, and yeah, I just adore this movie. Again, I do hate to give the platinum shelf uh, to an Oscar winner. Uh, truly, it, it pains me. I love to. I mean, you just heard my very first one. I gave it a freaking cabin in the woods. De- delusional choice. Not a platinum shelf worthy movie, probably. But uh, here we are. Uh, I got to give it to everything everywhere all at once. Uh, it's a beautiful film about, you know, the. The triumph of the human spirit without ever being saccharine or annoying about it. Uh, it's about hugging your, your the people you care about close and saying, I care about you and letting them know. It's very simple, easy messaging, but it's it's done very effectively and in a way that like considers our current reality and considers our current conditions uh, very well. Uh, yeah, I, I, a film that will hopefully herald a... a a changing of the guard and maybe a move a move to towards a more interesting national cinema over the next five to ten years we shall see again it does feel weird to heap more praise on the most praised movie of last year but uh, i do just like it quite yeah. a great deal oh, very good very good i think that's a great selection what is your selection for the platinum shelf arthur it's okay i'll i'll humanize this because mine is not an oscar winner uh, but it is a movie that I love dearly that I will scream from the mountaintops should be seen. Uh, and it is Tony Scott's Unstoppable. Hell yeah. a movie oh, I yeah. love. He's good. Um, good it is just uh, to me, it's a great action film. It, it does what all the great action films should do. Uh, pacing, tension, stakes. Uh, it's a great Denzel being Denzel movie. It's a great foreshadowing that Chris Pine is the best Hollywood Chris. Um, and it's a, unfortunately a great swan song for Tony Scott. I think, uh, you know, I don't think it's his best work. I mean, Crimson Tide's so good. He does some other great things, but I love Unstoppable, and I think about it a lot. It's a movie I actively will tell people, hey, you got to check out Unstoppable because it's good. Um, and it kind of feels like, again, a, a shadow and echo of an earlier time of 90s filmmaking that mm-hmm. we just don't have anymore. That kind of thinking the Bruckheimer stuff and what Tony was doing in the 80s and 90s. And I love Tony Scott, and so that's that's where I'm going to go. Uh, it's unstoppable. You do simply have to watch Unstoppable if you haven't. Yeah. 
So for my selection, I just thought about the movie that I think about the most that we've seen this year and uh, that, that I keep thinking about and keep processing and keep wondering about its symbolism and its meanings and its sort of various flavors. Are you trying to mm-hmm. Karnak mm-hmm. me here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. It's not. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> it is Here we go again. Go. I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'm going to let you tell me what it is okay. before I... Um, Unfortunately, it was also one of my own host picks. Yes, I got it. It's a I, long day's journey tonight. Oh uh, yeah, I got his ass. Yeah, he's I, on brand. Man, yeah. I just love that movie. It's, it's just great. It's, it's so sticky good. Dustin, you'll love this. So you know how I I, I go to the open mics and I'll, I'll do my little film criticism mm-hmm. sets. Uh, one night uh, at Alex's mic, public access. It was pretty much just like friends weren't like you know it was most least performers that I have a relationship with. So I was like, okay. No new movie review for you guys. You're going to get some movie mindset talk. We're just going to talk about Long Day's Journey and Tonight and how it's a movie about how movies are more real than real life. Nice. (laughs) So, yeah, don't feel too bad about picking your own pick because it does rock. Yeah. And it is a movie that, like, I think I think about quite a quite a bit because I think it's a great movie about movies without being meta. Yeah. And that sort of postmodern sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very good times. Very, very good times. Well, that is a year in review, guys. Um, thanks for listening, dear listener. Thanks for hanging out with us one more year. Uh, the year 2023, 2024 is going to be a great year as well. We're going to kick that year off with anti-trash. We'll say more about that in a minute. But we would love to hear what you think about what we did this year. And you can tell us that via um, the means by which Dalton will describe for you now. That's right. Send us your picks for Platinum Shelf or any other category of the Shelvies. Go to goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. That's right. Send your feedback to goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. Would love to know what you think about these these silly little awards and which ones you would have, which episodes and movies you would have given your awards to. I do have to say my honorable mention for Platinum Shelf. No, very, very close. Very, very close was A Hidden Life. Uh, Very close. It's a movie I think about a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hidden Life, especially now, Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, and Long Day's Journey into Night. Mm-hmm. All three were like kind of hotly considered for me as well. Yeah, I don't know what my backup would have been. Yeah. I thought about Hidden Life. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm still. So, I don't know where I am with that movie. I, I think yeah. it's a little long. I appreciate I think about it a lot. Though. I appreciate it more than I like it. And but I think I also about, think it, about it, a it a lot. As the other side of it's the yin to the zone of interest. That's what I was yeah. about to say. I'm really and excited for zone of interest, and I think it'll be kind of an interesting companion. Those two movies together, I mean, just yeah, that's a good pair. Something, yeah, two, it's, two. It's a hard day. Very different. That's a long day's journey of, tonight, for sure. <laughs> no, no doubt. doubt. Yeah, for real, <laughs> so, dude. Uh, um, damn. Any other honorable mentions? I, I, so my only other thing where I I was on a tie, uh, my best worst movie almost went to Legally Blonde, oh, which yeah. I just yeah, all, I absolutely loved. And thought was that was held up very that well. That marathon, that women's marathon, yeah, that was very did. close from being my 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 top marathon for yeah. the year. Legally Blonde was very nearly my once more with feeling. Mm. This is a movie I watched yeah. a lot as a yeah, kid. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, man, it's held it's up so good. well. Yeah. And then I almost part three is part tray. Uh, it was almost my favorite marathon. Mm, I yeah. love our stupid little exploration of part this, threes. It's such a weird recurring. We bit. just started that. You know that marathon started because of a bit. We we just kind of kept doing, and then we decided let's do it, uh, and we've done it three times now. And every time we we do it, I just like by the end of the marathon, I feel like we've unlocked some secret truth about franchise movies. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel like we every time we explore part threes, we we get close yeah. to something. Uh, any honorable mentions for you, Dustin? Uh, well, I mean, other than making sure I said something about the hidden life, mm-hmm. you know, really like I think honestly, guys, I really enjoyed. Um, our, our our kids movie marathon as well you know that was just, fun that was a fun pivot yeah yeah, yeah yeah Popeye was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be and you know it just you know and and the monsters I mean I know you guys were pretty cool on it but no I, 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 I still talk people I was somebody who doesn't like Rob Zombie was talking to me the other day I was like you know it's pretty good mm-hmm. this is monsters <laughs> yeah and so it was just a very very good time Last Unicorn was really I mean you know again it wasn't didn't blow my hair back or anything like that but I mean I really appreciate what's going on with that movie and so yeah it was it was all a pretty good time. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Those are the Shelvies. Uh, I guess last but not least, go to patreon.com forward slash GTM if you want to help us make sure there will be another Shelvies next year. Or send us to Telluride. Or, yeah, or, <laughs> or send us to Telluride. Uh, Arthur, as we look, turn our gaze over the horizon to Baby New Year, we see on the, on the horizon good movies? Maybe? Anti-trash? <laughs> 2024. Yeah, so what's anti-trash for people so, who so don't listen? So let's do some 
Yeah, so anti-trash is the the it's like the purge. <laughs> the good trash on our cast. It's the, the one month the a year cleanser. where we get to pick movies that will be in a film studies course for sure. Um these are the art the artsy movies or the very well received critically Oscar winning, con, Palm d'Or winning type movies. They or, make AFI top one hundred you know, innovative yeah. films that have shaped cinema, Breathless and uh Caligari or you know what? It's mm-hmm. it is that time to do the things that we normally won't do on the show. Outside of maybe a Dustin Hose pick now and then. <laughs> and so uh, so let's set this up a little bit. So in December uh, in 2023 in review, I gave you guys some pretty strict parameters as far as quality of film, I guess, is the best way to say that. Mm. Kind of not critically acclaimed, um, kind of trying to take the esteem out of the art house stuff. Uh, because I felt like ever since a series of coincidences, for the most part, our programming has leaned pretty – I mean – Shocktober this year was almost anti-trash Shocktober. I mean, yeah. by all accounts, because of the movies, because of the sort of critical reception uh, and the impact that those films have had, uh, that was kind of a big parameter. And as I was thinking and planning about anti-trash 2024, I was like, man, we should just do some really good movies. And I was like, well, that's always anti-trash, right? And I was like, well, what's better than really good movies? Like some really great movies? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's still what anti-trash is, right? So I was like, well, what if... Just throw it out there. We did the four greatest movies of all time. And next week, we start with number four, Tokyo Story. Oh, so we're just doing the Side Sounds top four. Okay, sick. Oh, excellent. All right, Tokyo Story. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Cool. Yeah, this is going to be great. This is, God, no wonder he made us, like, not do good movies for uh, our 2023 catch-up. There we go. Okay. I I am there for that. This this will be cool. Yeah, so there's the programming for anti-trash. We're going to look at the top four movies as voted on. I know on. what they are, so yeah, yeah. The greatest movies of all time, starting from number four, counting down, no host picks. We're doing what are commonly considered now, because of the mono, monogram of sight and sound, to be the four greatest movies ever G- made. Gene Dillman? Here I come. Uh, Yes, that is the goal. So, excellent. Well, you keep watching. We'll keep talking. And we'll see you all next time, next year.